0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info or by clicking the share your story tab on the church center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service.
1: It's a big choir. It takes a little while to get off the stage. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> well, guys, so glad you were here this morning. I just want to talk to you about some stuff that we have coming up as far as services are concerned. Next week, we got a really cool message. The Lord just gave it to me, but it's, it's a message called Speak Life. Speak life, and in in the time that we're living in right now, uh, we need to learn about the power of life and death is in the tongue, and so we're going to be talking about that. The next two weeks, though, after last week and that first little 10-minute segment that I did on what was going on in the Middle East, we had a lot of questions and uh, a lot of interest in that. So we're actually going to do a two-week series, uh, the first two weeks of November, uh, and it's actually going to go throughout the month of November, but specifically on that subject, Israel. Hamas, how did we get here, and the history behind all of it. And so I'm a history guy, and it just helps me to kind of understand what's going on uh, now if I understand the history and how we got here. And then the week after that, which is going to be November 19th, Pastor Hooper's going to be doing a message on the rapture. The rapture and understanding the rapture, what that's going to look like. And then the next week, he's going to do a message on heaven. And so November is going to be a really, really cool month. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss next week. And God is going to just super, super bless and is blessing what is going on here at Fellowship Church. But this morning, take me back. Take me back. Well, do you remember dating the love of your life? Do you remember? Yes, yes. Hopefully that was a good yes. <laughs> how it was, how it felt. Rebecca and I uh, met at a youth camp 34 years ago, and we fell for each other fast. Uh, we knew within a very short period of time that we were going to be spending the rest of our lives with each other. Now, it was as close to love at first sight as you probably can have. And, and so we just had this instant connection uh, that was, was really incredible. It was our, right after our freshman and sophomore years of college, and we worked at, at, at two different branches of this camp. It's called Pine Cove uh, in Tyler, Texas, still going today, still an incredible ministry that just has a great track record when it, when it, in seeing kids come to know Jesus. And so we, we got to spend that summer there, but even though we were at the same camp, we were in different spots, and so we didn't get to see each other that much. And as great as the camp was, uh, we only got 24 hours a week off from Saturday at noon to Sunday at noon. And even though these really cool things were happening during the week, I could not wait for the weekend. I could not wait to see her. We would talk for hours. We wrote love letters to each other. Do you remember when you used to do that? Not love texts, <laughs> love letters. Sometimes you can put stamps on envelopes and send them, those kind of letters. Well, I went back and I found all of these love letters that she sent to me. Isn't that sweet? And for nostalgic purposes, I was actually going to read some of them to you. But as I read through them, like a typical guy, I just kept the hot ones. So you guys you, you <laughs> can't share can't them. Can't share them. But, but I bought her gifts with a little bit of money that I had. I mean, we only made $1,000 for the entire summer. And so I, I remember buying her gifts. I planned dates with her to maximize our time together. And, and we were like a young couple. We couldn't keep our hands off of each other. And that love, it was strong. It was powerful. Nothing was going to separate us. Three years later, we were married, and we started our life together as newlyweds. But like most couples, as time went by, our focus changed. Like so many of us, our focus changes. Our focus changes to careers and making money and buying a home and having kids. And that love that burns so hot started to go out due to neglect. And it was our fault. You see, when you make a fire, you have to make sure someone is minding the flame And neither neither one of us was doing that. Well, an event happened in our life, in our marriage, that brought us to a crossroads. And if you've taken one of our marriage seminars before, we've talked about what that event was in a little more detail. But that crossroads brought us to a point where we either quit on each other or we learned how to bring love and passion back into our marriage. We had to make an effort and learn how to love each other. Every once in a while, we just have these state of our relationship meetings where we'll ask each other how we're doing in this area. And just say, hey, do you still feel loved by me? Is there something that I'm doing that's making you not feel loved? And we do that so that we don't fall into the same trap that we once fell into before. Now, throughout the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the groom in his relationship with his church. We're his bride. Ephesians 5.23 says, We are the bride and he is the groom. Husband, or husbands are the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So Jesus' relationship with his church is like marriage. And there will be a day when we will, we will celebrate that marriage. We will have a wedding feast together. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems like I go through seasons where I'm super, super close to God. And then there are other seasons. when I feel like my passion isn't where it should be or where it once was. And what I've realized is that my closeness to God is 100% up to me. It's up to us. God doesn't move away from me. I move away from him. Now, we see in the book of Revelation, Jesus writing love letters to his churches so in the same way we would exchange love letters to each other, Rebecca and I, Jesus writes these love letters to his churches. And he goes about it in a way that's just really beautiful. He, he tells them at first what he loves about the relationship, what they're doing right, what they're doing good. But then he spends some time on, hey, this is where you're missing it. And to one of those churches in Revelation 2.5, he says, yet I hold this against you. So he praised them at first, and then he says but I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Scripture talks about, you know, remember, remember how far you have fallen. Repent, it says, so you ask for forgiveness, and do the things you did at first. So you go go back and do what you did before. When Rebecca and I's marriage was fizzling out. We had to learn how to love each other, but we also had to go back and do what we did at first. Now I remember there was this season in my life where God had just blessed me in an incredible way. He just had done something for me that was just the sweetest gift. And I remember thinking, I'm so unworthy of this. I don't deserve this, but God just chose to bless me. And so my response was, I wanna make sure he knows how much I appreciate this. I want to make sure that God knows that I love him. But I was like, how do I do do that? How do I show you, God, that I really do love you? So I asked him. I asked him, I said, God, how, how can I show love back to you? And this is what he impressed upon me. He impressed upon me, how do you show love to your spouse? How do you show love to your wife? Well, I knew that answer, right? I knew it. Because I'd lived through this storm in my life where if I didn't show love in a way that Rebecca received it, that I could lose that marriage. So I thought, hey, I got this. We, We teach this. And so I started thinking about the love languages that we teach in our Renewal and Rescue seminars. And if you've taken that seminar, you understand that 1.0, we talk about Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And in that book, basically, uh, he talks about that there's five things, five ways that a person can give or receive love. And for most of us, we'll give and receive love in a couple of those ways. But many times, we speak opposite love languages in a relationship. So... You might speak a couple, she might speak another two, and so you both speak the languages you know and never feel loved. Well, the great thing about God is he speaks all of the love languages. So I started going through my head. Okay, so what would that look like? Well, I knew that verbal affirmation was one of those love languages. So I'm thinking, okay, so how do I verbally affirm, how do I speak love to God? And he was like, hey, praise and and worship. Praise and thanksgiving. The Psalms are filled with great examples of people praising and giving thanksgiving to God. And we do this every Sunday, right? We, do, we spend half of the service that we have here together in worship and thanksgiving to the Lord. But it shouldn't just stop there. If you only spoke your wife's love language one day a week, that would probably not be enough. And so God says, hey, praise me always, and so that's why, you know, we use Spotify accounts to, to download and to make playlists of worship. And, and, and we find times where we can worship him. And it might just be on our way to work or, or whatever. But whatever time during the day, we can just spend a little time in praise and thanksgiving. So, so I got that. i was like, all right, God. Do, I can do that. And then, and then I thought, okay, what's the next one? Well, time. Quality time together. Now, this is a love language that Rebecca and I share. It's the only love language that we share that's the same. And so we both really, really understood this. And Jesus, though, was a beautiful example of this with his relationship with his heavenly father. Luke 5.16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Often. Often. And he would withdraw. He would get away from the apostles, the disciples. He would get away from the people. And he would go into the woods, and he would spend some quality time with God alone. Okay, God, I get that. I I understand time. I, I can do that. And then there's service. Now, this is one that I don't speak, but Rebecca speaks. So it's one that I've had to learn through the years. Okay, how can I serve her? Well, the apostles gave their life in service To God, they're a great example of it. Now, not all of us are called to be like the apostles where we have a full-time call to ministry, but we all need to serve him. We've all been called according to his purpose, and to serve him means that we're going to love him. John 21 says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you? Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And then a third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. You see, in this scripture, Jesus is trying to teach Peter, if you love me, serve me by serving others. And when we serve others, Jesus goes, wow, I really feel loved. So service is one. And then gifts. Gifts is another one. Most of us understand gifts. That's another one that Rebecca has. I, I, I don't. She has that one. And so I had to, you know, through the years. And that's probably the one that I struggle with the most because I'm super cheap, okay? Just to be honest, I'm in church. Mark fourteen three through nine says. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of lard of of, of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Now, some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages, and the money could have been given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of of time tell you the truth wherever the good news is preached throughout the world this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed and that prophecy came true we're still talking about her 2000 years later so we give gifts we give tithes we give we give offerings to the lord that that makes him feel loved but the final one, and, and I know if you've taken read that book or you've taken our course, you're like, okay, okay, you're missing one. You're, you're missing touch. That was the one I struggled with. Because I was like, okay, I get the other ones. Those make sense. But how do I touch you, God? You're not here physically. How do I, how do I touch you? How, how do I give you affection? And the Lord told me. He's like, through intimate moments with me, through intimate moments with me, that's how you touch me, through transparent conversations where you, you really talk to God and you really show your heart and God speaks back to you and, and is honest with you. And when we're honest with each other, that's, it's a beautiful way to touch God's heart. Vulnerable worship. So not just singing, but engaging in worship, And you know when you're just singing a song, but when, but, but when all of a sudden that, that song turns into this engaging time with him, this engaging time with the Holy Spirit. And you can feel the touch. You can feel that, that intimate moment. And, and sometimes we're there and sometimes we're not. But our goal in worship to, is to, should always be to get there. Praying in the spirit. Some of you have that gift. That is a very intimate way to show your love for the Lord. Special ministry moments, special ministry moments. Leading, leading somebody to the Lord. When was the last time you led somebody to the Lord, or maybe you never have? Well, if you have, you know that in that moment, something happens. Like it touches your heart, and it touches God's heart. Praying over somebody. I mean, when somebody just comes to you with an issue, you don't just say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, hang in there. But but when you pray for them. Something happens in that moment when when, uh, when 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 you just minister to somebody that's hurting, somebody that's going through a hard time. You see, when we love each other, it shows our love for him. So that's how we touch God. That's how we have affection in our relationship with him. But what keeps us from speaking God's love languages? What keeps us from it? Well, first of all, time management. I mean, it just does. You see, if we don't carve out time for him, the time will never happen. We have to schedule an appointment with God. We, we have to make sure that we're carving out time with him. And you know what? We need to be given God the best part of our day. W- whatever time of day where you can give God the least amount of distractions and the least amount of interruptions, when your mind is the most focused, when it, when it is the clearest, that is the time that we should be given to him. And, and whatever that is, I mean, here's the thing. It's changed for me through the years. It honestly has. When I had young kids, early mornings, wasn't the best time for me and the Lord. It just, it was hard. But especially after I became an empty nester, man, mornings opened up for me. It was this beautiful thing. And now I get up super early in the morning. I've never been an early morning person, never have. But, you know, you aren't just created to be an early morning person. The way that works is that you have to go to bed earlier <laughs> to get up earlier. It's amazing how that works. And so you just have to be disciplined. You just have to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to give God the best part of my day. And we see a lot of times with Jesus, he would withdraw during the morning. We talk about uh, on, on a regular basis, Pastor Hooper has these mugs made. This is a coffee with God, right? It's, it's our morning time with the Lord. And so if morning works for you, great. If e- evenings are better, great. But evenings are a lot of times when we're tired. And so we do a lot of this, oh, Lord, I just pray for, and we're out. Prayer shouldn't put us to sleep. <laughs> Prayer should be something that gets us ready for the day. So you've got to figure out when that is, and you've got to give the Lord the best time of your day. Carve it out. Another thing is distractions. The devil will always send distractions your way when you are trying to spend time with the Lord. He will. Have you ever noticed that? Always does. It, but we can do some things that preemptively to keep that from happening. Number one, turn your phone off. Okay? And if you use your phone for your apps, then, then turn it to airplane mode. To, to, to You know, so a lot of us use uh, uh, different apps for, for our quiet times or our coffee with God. But, but turn it off to where you can't get a phone call. Uh, put away your computer or your tablet. Make a prayer closet maybe someplace in your home. And, and this is the way I am. If, if I want to have time with the Lord and I want to do it in our living room, the living room can't be dirty or messy because I sit down to spend time with the Lord and I'm like, oh man, I got to pick this up. Oh, I got to clean this up. I got to So sometimes it takes a little prep for us to have our time with God. Maybe we need to clean up a room the night before so that we know that we won't have any distractions the next day. So distractions. Third, we're just empty. We're empty ourselves. If our tanks aren't full, we'll always struggle to have anything left to give to God. That's just It's just the way it works. And for years, we've talked here about your spiritual tank, your emotional tank, and your physical tank. Your spiritual tank is filled by worshiping, praying, spending time with him. Your emotional tank is filled by doing things that you enjoy doing with people that you enjoy. Uh, It's drained by spending time and doing things that you don't enjoy doing with people you don't enjoy. It's pretty simple. And then there's your physical tank. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you getting sleep? Are you working out? If your physical tank is empty, if any of those tanks are empty, it's going to affect your relationship with the Lord. Number four, lack of motivation. Okay? Big problem in today's society. We just don't want to. We just don't want to do it. If you're in that uh, place in your life, you need to ask God to give you the desire to spend with him. That's okay to do that. God, I just don't have the desire to do it. You're going to have to give me the desire to want to spend time with you. The devil wants to kill your desire to be with God. He wants to. And he loves to do that with a spirit of apathy. He loves to do that with just making you tired, lulling you to sleep. If you get tired when you start spending time with the Lord, that's demonic. The devil wants to make you sleepy so you don't want to spend time with him. It's just this is the way he is. That's the way the devil works. And so just bind him up, cast him away. Jesus' name, whatever spirit that is causing me to be tired right now, I cast it away in Jesus' name. That's spiritual warfare. That's something that we have to do. The devil does not want you connected to your God. And he'll throw all kinds of things at you to keep you from doing it. Number five, unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. If we have something in our life that we feel guilty about, that we don't want to give to God, it can drive a wedge in our relationship with him. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, number one, I don't know about you, but I can't change until I hit the restart button. Do you guys, do you have a restart button? Have a restart button with some, some sin pattern in your life where you mess up over and over again and you go, nope, i not going to do it anymore. I'm going to hit the restart button. It's the same thing with New Year's resolutions. That's what a New, Year, New Year's resolution is, is a restart button. So, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord and getting close to Him, again, sometimes we just have to go, I'm starting over. Tomorrow morning is it. And we don't wait till next weekend. We don't wait until next week. We don't wait till the next January for the next resolution. We say, I'm going to start now. And then you got to make a plan. That's number two. How are you going to change? Well, I'm going to get a new devotion. I'm going to get a new devotional plan. And and, and man, Through the Word is something that our our staff uses and so many of us use uh, here at the church. It's a great app. It's a free app on your phone. Uh, About two and a half years ago, I started Through the Word, because you can do all kinds of different plans, but I wanted to go all the way through the Bible using this devotional. And it took me two and a half years to do it. But I have this whole Bible now that's just filled with notes of all my devotions for the last couple of years. And Man, it's just awesome to have that as a, as a, as a motivation. But you you got to do it. Now, here's the thing. If you're tired of your time with the Lord, if you're tired of your devotional routine, God's tired of it too. Right? Because if you're going through the motions, oh, i got to go through this. He's like, what, what are you doing? I could you imagine going on a date with your wife like that? Well, maybe you do. But could you imagine like, oh, gosh. All right, I'll go. It's the same, a movie and a dinner, all right. <laughs> There's no passion there. So change it up. Maybe you say, okay, I'm going to get on Spotify. I'm going to get an account. If you don't have one, I'm going to download worship music. I'm going to start going. Maybe I'm going to start getting up earlier in the morning. I'm going to start going to bed earlier so I can get up earlier. I'm not going to miss church. I'm not going to schedule things that would cause me not to be able to, to have corporate worship. I'm, I'm going to take time to really be alone with God. I'm going to make plans to be able to do that. I, I'm going to serve. I'm going to find a place to serve. I'm going to give. Maybe the first time in your life you're going to start tithing. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to be honest with the Lord when I pray. I'm going to spend time with Him and I'm going I'm to look for opportunities to be intimate with God. So you got to make a plan. And then number three... You have to follow through, you have to follow through. How many times have we had New Year's resolutions that we never, we never followed through with? And the thing is, guys, it's, any change is gonna take time. It's not gonna be easy, it's gonna be very awkward at first, but once you do it for a while, it becomes this beautiful routine. It, it becomes this, this, after a while, it becomes a need where you go, I don't want to go through the day without spending time with God first. Don't give up, don't quit. Make God a priority and a positive habit in your life. Now, we've designed this weekend all around reigniting your passion with God. And understandably, understandably we only have like an hour together. And so it's hard to to get in worship and to get in a message and then at the end to have this this experience where you have the Holy Spirit touch you in a way where you hit the restart button, where he affects you in a way where you really, really want to change. And so what we did is we said, okay, what we want to do is we, we want to have this part of the service this morning and then we want to have part of the service tonight. And this worship service tonight is gonna to be this incredible opportunity for you to hit the restart button. Something happens in worship. Something happens when we come together and we say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm coming tonight just to worship you. And Lord, I, I know when I worship you, you're gonna do something in me. And I pray that you would. So this afternoon as, as you just kind of cultivate yourself for tonight pray God what do you want to do in me this evening how do you want me to change what do you want me to do to make sure that, that, that I have a reignited passion for you we're going to have moments of altar call we're going to have some, some really cool teaching but most of all we're just going to let the spirit lead And this is going to be about you and him You and him. We are in the last days. And when Jesus comes, I want to be as close to him as I possibly can be. And I know that's your hope and desire as well. So as you bow your head, let me just just pray over you. without anybody looking and your, and your head bowed, your eyes closed, how many of you would say, Tim, I could use a restart. Just raise your hand. I could be, uh, that's what I thought, right? We're all there. We're all there. And so Lord, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, I ask in Jesus' name that you would cultivate us to come back this evening to receive what we need to receive what we need from you so that we can go back. We've fallen so far from our first love, our first love with you. Bring us back to that. Ignite something in us, a fire that would be incredible. Lord, there's a flame in us. I pray that you would fan that. You would fan that into a furnace for you. And so, Lord, we pray right now that you bind up a spirit of apathy that might be in us. Bind that spirit up and cast it away from us in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that you would put within us a desire to draw close to you. Do a miracle in us this afternoon and do a miracle in us tonight. Reignite the passion that we once had for you. In fact, Lord, make that passion greater than it's ever been. We just want to love you. Now, with your head down and your eyes closed again, how many of you would just say, I'm gonna commit to come back tonight to worship? Okay. Thank you. And as you raise your hand, know that you're touching the heart of Jesus. When you show that you're serious about your relationship with him, he does something in you so, God, whatever that is, I pray that you would just make it happen in a special way this evening. We love you and we thank you. And I pray, Lord, for every person that didn't raise their hand. For whatever reason, I pray that you would work with them, too. That you call them back to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Continuation to tonight. We'll see you this evening.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, Or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.